podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, you know what? I just tweeted a few seconds ago. I don't know how many lifelines the Reds have got this season because I am literally on my last legs. Oh, my God. Last minute drama. So much to say. But you know what? We won 2-1 and breathe against Leicester. Brendan Rodgers, your, your coming back, you know, was not marked with you getting revenge. 2-1, it finished. I've got two incredible guests for you. I'm a little bit everywhere because, my God, it was literally dying minutes drama i am joined by a familiar voice on the nina kalza show i am gonna make it my business to get his name right all pod and if i do i think gags should i don't know give me a rise or something i'm delighted to be joined by podcaster writer and just an overall really nice guy sam evans sam welcome to the show thank you very much nina I just, I just can't believe it's the fifth of October. That's all it is, and we're already this tense, and I'm absolutely exhausted. So it's going to be a hell of a long season. But what a ride we're in for! Yeah, Liverpool might win the league, but I might be fucking six feet under at this rate, and you know, so many as well. Oh my god, just so much stress. I'm joining Sam. Oh my God, here's a fun fact for you. I speak to this person every day on WhatsApp. Literally, he's the one person I communicate with the most, but I don't podcast with him enough. So you know what? It is my co-editor, producer, podcast slag. He is absolutely awesome, but it's been ages since he's been on the Nina Casa show. It is, of course, a man that needs no introduction. He knows everything about wrestling, games, football. It's Guy Drinkle. Guy, welcome. I have not been called a podcast slag in a while. <laughs> oh, you miss it, don't you? I do a bit. Glutton for punishment every, used to be every weekend. No, it's not the same anymore. It's not, you're just a busy bee and you're a fancy cow now. But guys, before we go to our, our first caller, I want to just get your thoughts after that. I mean, like, how are you feeling? It's it's got to the stage where you're just catching your breath. So, I'm um, a guy. I'll come to you first on this one. Oh, yeah. it was always going to be one of these games with all the stories and stuff about Brendan coming back, and he was. We've got this winning streak going on. It's going to. We've got Manchester United next. There's all these stories going, and you just think we're going to slip up on one of these games. And as soon as they scored after what I thought, we were pretty dominant. Like, without battering them, I think we should have been two up at least, or maybe even three. And when mm. they scored, you were just thinking, it's just going to be one of them days, isn't it? The front three were good without the end product. And then, I don't know what, was it Was it all Brighton? I have no idea what he was doing. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm glad he did it. But yeah, Jesus, it, we deserve that. I think we deserve that so much, but mm. the way we got it, I think it was just perfect because that'll boil the piss of so many people. Yeah, I mean, 
Sam, I'm going to come to you. Very nearly slipped up on your name so early on in the pod. Sam, I'm going to come to you because I saw so many opposition fans and I do follow them on Twitter saying, please hold on, Lester, please hold on. And I just love to boil piss. It's like my favourite hobby, even though I'm not really doing it. It's the team I support, but still I like to take like an assist for that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what dodgy links you guys managed to watch the game on today in the end. Uh, I was watching it on NBC something. Uh, so I don't know who the commentators were, but basically the the narrative seemed to be, oh, Leicester having loads of the ball now and everything and seem to be talking as if they're really on top of Liverpool. Um, you know, we, we thoroughly deserved to win that game today. It was just completely just a one-off with their goal. It was 18 shots to two uh, in our favour, eight shots on target, just the one on target for Leicester, which was the goal. So I think that kind of shows that we were... Even though Leicester are a really good side and they played some lovely stuff, we had them at arm's length. They weren't really that much of a threat throughout the whole game. So I was really gutted to see them score. But as you said, there's, we keep doing this. We keep pissing off the opposition. Man City must be so fed up because they're playing all this amazing attacking football, beating teams 8-0. And they're eight points behind us at the moment. <laughs> you know, mm. we're just, we, We've become... The team that I used to hate when I was younger, which was Man U getting a penalty in the 90th minute, it's just so bloody good. And as as Guy said, I don't know what the hell Albrighton was doing there. You know, he just gave us a gave him a random boot in the box, just so so silly. But uh, you know, I think it's it's a bit of luck that we deserved on the whole. You know, if you give it over the 90 minutes. For sure, for sure. And you know what? We're, we'll talk about this game in depth, but we do have a caller joining us. It's somebody that always gets a shout out on, on the live chat. He's always, you know, there typing away. So it's really quite nice to actually have him calling for, you know, it's been quite a while since I've spoken to him. AI Pro subscriber, just everyone's, you know, favourite person. Um, I'm everyone names Steve Pizza. Steve, welcome. Hey Nina, how are you? I'm really, really good, and all the more better after speaking to you all. You know, so the floor is yours. Take it. Oh well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. That was that was great. Um, heart 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 beating fast at the end, but um, I think uh, I think like a lot of us on on the Discord chat, uh, I was worried before the game. I mean, Leicester are third for a reason, you know, in the in the table. No matter that the rest of the Big six are nicely imploding. And I was even more worried after the team sheet came out. Um, and uh, it was a nice surprise what happened in the actual game. It was absolutely. And it's a great point you actually bring up. I mean, I think that's probably a very, very good way um, place to start. But, um, Steve, are you okay to hold on whilst we discuss the team and then we get back to you? Yeah, sure. And then I've got a question for the panel. So, uh, fire oh, away. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll discuss the team thingy later. Go, fire away with your question first. Priorities. Priorities, priorities. Well, um, I mean, I think the, 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 my question is, uh, on the fact that Mane, uh, does the panel think that with Mane on the right, uh, and protecting Trent on that right hand side, do you think that was deliberately done for their attacking formation? Um, because it looked a lot more comfortable to me, and I wanted to get the panel to talk about that. Perhaps the with with Mane on the on the right, he was awesome defensively today, as well as obviously attacking. 
Uh, but I thought he was superb, and I want the, the panel's view on that formation change. It's a really excellent question because um, we did notice um, a kind of change, um, Guy, didn't we, in, in the sense of how the attack was set up. Uh, you know, um, I think Mane for um, uh, for the majority stayed um, stayed on the right hand side, but I felt like there was a lot of change up in the attack. I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this because I felt you know he was on the left at some parts as well. It was just constantly being changed up, so it wasn't as predictable. But talk to me about Mane because he put in that challenge as well. You know, just incredible oh, yeah. performance from him today. You know, gets the goal and of course wins the penalty as well. I mean. He was really up for it today, you know. All everything, all his movement, everything was really intelligent. Yeah, I, I thought he was brilliant today. I really did. Um, like the fir- the first half wasn't the best. Well, I don't think it was the best game of football in general. But Mane was probably the shining light in it because it, it, it both ends like defensively. That I think that's what Liverpool fans would probably not immediately pick from Mane, but I think that's one of the more unique things in world football. Like we've obviously got brilliant attackers. And there's brilliant attackers all around the world, but Mane, he's got such a a great work rate in terms of helping out the fullback, and you've we've seen Robbo benefit from that for what two years now, um, and it, it was quite strange him on the right, uh, and obviously Bobby kind of started on the left as well, didn't he? Um, it, I think we seemingly wanted to restrict their fullbacks, and um, Bobby had more space on the left because. Um, Ricardo's probably their more attacking one, and it it was it was kind of working. But I mean, to focus back on Mane, he was he he was just an absolute monster. He, he stopped Chilwell completely. He, he was so direct. He was involved in pretty much everything we had. And and as you mentioned, he played. I think he played in all three of the forward positions um, at the start. And it was just um, he was. Just, yeah, I think spoiler. I think he was probably the easiest shout for Man of the Match because he was just involved in absolutely everything. Yeah, absolutely. Sam, I want to get your thoughts on Sadio Mane as well because um, I thought, you know, where in the past we've kind of spoke about the front three maybe not, you know, maybe not scoring as much and stuff, but I felt like he started off the game really well. Um, I thought he was... He was really up for it. I want to get your thoughts on Sadio Mane because, again, um, you know, there was a lot of change up in, in the attack, which I quite like from Jurgen Klopp as well, by the way. We're going to talk about the team lineup, but I like the fact that he asked the strikers to kind of switch it up and just be a constant kind of menace and nightmare for um, Leicester's defence. Yeah, f- first of all, I just want to point out a bit of favouritism being shown here, Nina. Um, the other day when I was on the uh, Nina Kauser show, I, I said quite early on that I thought Matip was probably man of the match and you, you were really unhappy with me and you had a right go. Guy does the same today now and he's completely left off the hook. Well, you know, if you want to join the team, it's everyone has a favourite. I'll be honest with you. But um, yeah, you remember the front three. I think it's something kind of been going up for a while. But you know, in a surprise, since Salah left, you know, when when Salah first came to the club. It's surprising how rarely we actually switch them around just to give the defence something else to think about. So it was nice to see that happen today, um, just to get a bit more variation on the game. You know, as you said, 
Mane scored the goal from the left-hand side, even though he was you know, a right-handed um, attacker today. So I think it's something that kind of gave us that little bit of variety going forward. And just you know, if you go to, to Mane himself, I thought he was exceptional today. I thought he was worked his socks off defensively, did some brilliant things, keeping us going. And, you know, in attack, he was absolutely electric. So, you know, the, the other two of the front three weren't at their absolute best today. But I think Mane just dragged us through this game and was absolutely superb. Absolutely. And and it absolutely showed him, you know, just Klopp, just giving him like the biggest... Um the biggest club hug ever. Um, we're going to go to Steve now. Steve, you've heard what the panel said. We've kind of spoken about Marnie. I'll let you have the final say and and then we'll carry on with the show. Oh, thanks, Nina. Yeah, I, well, I, I agreed with uh, Sam and, and Guy and uh, I think, you know, Mane was, Mane was definitely man of the match there. I mean, closely followed by uh, the... Uh, the wonderful James Milner. I mean, Mr. Milner, what a surprise. I mean, you know, as, as we, we were all talking on, Discord prior with with Milner coming back into the team, and I think actually the person that called this is probably Dave Hendrick because he isn't on Raw today, and he won't have to discuss uh, Mister Ribena himself. Absolutely, I would have looked forward to that. Look at that, Steve's more in the northern most of us, but Steve, um. Thank you so much for calling. And, you know, before you go, I'm always shouting out Phoebe, but I believe your little one deserves a shout out this weekend. I hope you watch the Reds with your dad. So shout out to you, Ella, and um, hope you have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Nina. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, Guy. Thanks, Sam. Have a great weekend, everyone. Up the Reds. You, you too, absolutely. And breathe. Cheers, Steve. Uh, All the best, Steve. Cheers, mate. Yes. Cheers, lads. All the best. Thanks, yeah, bud. Great. Thanks, Nina. Bye. Cheers, bud. Bye. I was thinking then, where's Guy gone? Right, you know what? And it's a good place to start because Steve actually mentioned the lineup. I want to get your thoughts on this as well because, and Guy, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. So talk to me about the lineup because, of course, we kind of know if you go to the Salzburg game, Henderson started looking a bit suspect. Certainly in the second half, he got hooked up. There was a lot of talk about, of course, um, Joe Gomez not having the best game, him looking quite rusty. So Jurgen Klopp becomes quite bold and brave and he throws on two different players. Of course, I'm talking about Dejan Lovren and, um, and, um, James Milner, who obviously had a massive impact in the game. So t- talk to me about the lineup. How did you feel about that? Because I thought an attacking midfielder would have been quite nice in this game. Um, I can see both sides of the iron because I think Leicester, in the big game so far, they've kind of gone a bit more conservative. I think the fruit in Chowdhury and stuff in the past, obviously he didn't start today. All they did was come on and injure Salah, but I will call him a twat later on. Um, <laughs> yes, save that, save that. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I think Milner's kind of a continuation of, of Henderson in a sense. I think if, if you want to rest Henderson or just take Henderson out, because he's not in the best form, being kind. Um, Milner's probably your most like for like there. And if, if Klopp wants that to be the system and if he doesn't think Naby's fit enough or whatever, because they're probably your, your free um, main ones to play with Ginny and uh, Fabinho, you might, you might as well go for Milner. And I, I, was, I was fine with that. I, I, to what I expected, really. I mean, I would have loved Naby or Ox to play, but I think uh, Milner was always the most likely. Um, and to sum up thoughts on uh, Lovren started, when I was doing uh, AI Pro Plus uh, with Eddie yesterday, I asked, we were talking about it and doing the lineups bit, and I was like, any chance Lovren starts? And Eddie just went, 
no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. went well. Uh, <laughs> and I agreed with him. No, I, I didn't expect it because you'd probably want to give Gomez a run because he of was, course. Cause he was um, first choice at the start of this season. Never mind last season as well. And, and Lovren was seemingly falling down the pecking peck order because he was, he was looking for a move away. Uh, he said that himself. But fair enough to him. I mean, I won't lie. I was being a pessimistic arsehole before um, the game, thinking, oh, we'll implode now. It's typical. We, we'll bring Lovren in and he'll be shit. And we'll, we'll, well, we all, not his fault, but we almost did drop points. But uh, we'll drop points because of him. And, and to be fair to him, we'll obviously get into it. But I thought Lovren was, was really good. And um, mm-hmm. albeit I'm not his biggest fan. Um, I, obviously, Matip needs to come straight back in as soon as possible. But... Going off performances so far, I mean, it's only one that counts for Lovren, but if Matip's out longer than this, I think Lovren has to keep the spot now, I suppose. Interesting. Um, uh, personally, I'd, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, Sam, because I did think it was um, a, a bold move from Klopp. I mean, uh, the only way that Gomez sort of uh, gets the rust off is... Um, is by playing games, right? You know, play back to fitness, play back to match sharpness. But of course, Lovren played and, and I thought he had a pretty, you know, he, he did pretty well given the circumstances. Yeah, I, I was exactly the same as you both. I, I saw the starting lineup and I was in shock. I was really surprised to see Lovren there. I thought his his days of starting the Premier League with us, with us were very much gone, um, especially how hard we seem to be trying to get rid of him in the summer. So I just thought he was kind of being kept there against his will in the end. Um, so I must put, hold my hands up. I thought he was excellent today. Um, you know, obviously, he's always going to have some positional issues now and again and do some slightly erratic things. But today, I don't think he put much of a foot wrong at any time. He, he made some really, really good last-ditch tackles. Um, he was winning headers. He, he was a lot better than he has been for quite some time. So I think fair play to Lovren. He really did step up his game for this this match. And he had a really, really comfortable day on the whole. You know, there wasn't much problems at all for him. It was just that that goal he scored uh, near the end where he was sliding in to just try and get the block in. And he was, he was just inches away from getting the block in there as well. So um, I think it, it was a really nice surprise to see him in there. Uh, regards to the rest of the the starting lineup, um, I, I would have liked to see an attacking midfielder in there, but um, I think Ox got injured. Did he? I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure what the score is with Ox, but he's he's been injured again. Um, I was hoping to to maybe see Keita, but uh, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, regards to Gomez as well, maybe it was a bit of a case of you know we had a tough game in midweek. He he's had some injury issues. Maybe playing two highly intense games in the space of four days would have been a bit much for him. So maybe that was why Lovren got the shout in this game. Absolutely, and just a, a final word on on Lovren as well. I mean, guys, I don't know if you agree. I'm not going to like be negative in any way, shape, or form. But you know, fair play to him on on a, on a different side of things as well. Because I thought you know, like Virgil Van Dijk, you know probably didn't have his usual commanding, you know, performance as well. I mean, he was good, but not the, you know, the, the sort of beast mode, you know, um, Van Dyke performance, in my opinion. So, you know, you've got to give maybe Lovren a little bit more credit there as well. The fact that, you know, he didn't have someone to kind of overly mentor and marshal him through a game. Would you say that's fair? Um, yeah, I, I would. I think, 
Um, Virgil, he didn't have loads to do. That's probably no. that's one of one of the reasons he didn't seem as don- dominant because he didn't have much to do. But when he did, he, it's probably fair to say he wasn't great on the goal. I don't think Fabinho or the other midfielders were in in, in that situation as well. Either were Adrian. Um, but no, I think. <sighs> Like in terms of holding the line and all that stuff, I thought Van Dyke was fine, but I, I just think Leicester never really set up to physically challenge Van Dyke. I think they were obviously trying to target Lovren because why, yes. why wouldn't you? Um, and we saw that with the Vardy chance where he kind of took a crap touch and it went straight to Adrian. It was, it was a good goalkeeping, but it, it was a crap touch ultimately. Um, but no, I thought I, I thought Lovren um, to kind of put him as a pair. Lovren just had he had a bit more to do and did mo- most of it well. If I remember correctly, he got like nutmegged early on, and everyone <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh god, here we go!" Um, and then he was just seemingly fine after that. So yeah, fair, fair dues to him. He was. Um, I thought both of them did well with the limited um, threat that Leicester posed. Really, for sure. Um, and what about yourself, Sam? Any words on Virgil Van Dijk before we move on to the fullbacks? Yeah, uh, I think it was a bit more composed from Van Dyke today. We, it, the game in midweek was so bonkers, wasn't it? I just don't know what <laughs> we were watching. It was absolutely crazy. And yeah. you know, you've got to you got to give Salzburg credit. They they exposed us massively and Van Dyke had three men running at him at once sometimes and it clearly shook him up a bit and he he lost his composure for the first time in I don't know how long. You know these these things can happen when you've got that many professional footballers running at you and you're, you're swamped and outnumbered. You're, you're going to look crap, and that's kind of what happened there. But um, Van Dyke's come back into this game. You know he hasn't really put a foot wrong. He, he did miss a really good chance. I think it was about five ten minutes before the end from a corner, didn't he? When he had a, f- a free header, uh, mm-hmm. but you know he he did well to get there in the first place. But in general. I think Van Dyke very very comfortable game for him. Uh, there was just that the the, the goal itself for, for Leicester. They did knock it past him, but I don't really know much what he could have done about that. So yeah, I think it'd be harsh to say anything, but he, he was very very comfortable today. Yeah, it's, it comes to something when like people overanalyze minor minor things in you know Virgil van Dijk's game it just goes to show what kind of defender he is um in my opinion so yeah okay let's move on Let, we kind of spoke about the defense let's quickly just speak about the full bags I want to get your thoughts on this um and Sam I'll stick with you because I thought they were both um I thought they both had a really good game today and I kind of um noticed that Trent was very much in the game as well I think was was it, yeah, Ginny Wijnaldum was on his side and I felt like he was allowed to make more runs. I felt like Ginny wasn't maybe occupying the spaces that usually um, a Jordan Henderson does. I felt like he had a bit more sort of free run, in my opinion, in that regard. Yeah, I think our midfield worked a bit better today than it has done in recent games, which tends to mean then that Robertson and Trent both get a bit more space. So, you know, that did actually help today. Robbo was enjoying getting forward again today uh, after the, you know, good attacking performance in midweek. Um, I do I do think Trent had a tough time against Ben Chilwell when he had to defend against him. But, you know, Chilwell's an excellent left-back. He, he could have quite easily been the guy playing for us today. Uh, you know, we all know how, how we pursued him for quite a while. He, he's an excellent player himself. So, it, it's hard to get 
two on top of Trent for defending. You know, they, they were saying earlier, he's, he's got his 21st birthday this week, I believe. So the, the guy's 20 and he's, he's, he's as good as he is now already. People just forget that because he's been in the side for, you know, two and a half years now. You just think he can't make mistakes. You know, he's, he's a 20-year-old defender and these things can happen against attacking players who are, have got you isolated one-on-one. It's really, really hard to stop people sometimes. So overall, I think full-backs absolutely key to us yet again. And, you know, despite some terrible crosses from Trent late on in the game that was very frustrating, I thought, you know, both full-backs had a good game again. Yeah, and it's kind of crucial to how we set up, isn't it? Um... Guy, because when the full when when the full backs have a good game, I feel like we just look a little bit more diverse. The football's a bit more expansive. I want to get your thoughts on the full backs. Yeah, I thought well in general that the absolutely vital to the way we play. But I think with Milner coming in, they were less well. Also vital again. They were less vital because Milner passes a bit more forward than uh, Ginny and Henderson. So For I think sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, there was less pressure on him. And you kind of saw that. I thought Trent, I mean, he had his cornflakes this morning because he was was putting in a crazy amount of beautiful crosses. Um, Robertson was very solid, as he usually is. He he wasn't too involved going forward. I mean, scoring two goals in a week is just too much to ask for Robertson, clearly. Um, But, um, yeah, I thought the fullbacks were... um, just back to the normal level. I thought Trent was a bit better because he had the um, attacking threat. And Robbo, after a, a, a weird, a strange start to the season, I think this is the, the type of performance I want to see him back to his normal because obviously this is a good game for him. I just want this to be back to his norm. And if he can add um, more assist and stuff to that. But I, su- I suppose he could have got an assist off um, Van Dyke's chance. But in terms of open play, uh, a bit more from Robbo going forward but he was he was perfectly fine defensively which is the most important thing for sure for sure um you know what I'm a bit everywhere today not even mentioned him uh Adrian so you know what guy I'll stick with you I'm a, uh, my memory's a little bit everywhere this is what happens to people I, I suffer <laughs> from um, from like brain fog and everything didn't he produce a good save today or am I imagining things uh, I think he did, but I can't remember it. it, it it's the, it's the <laughs> one. <laughs> Analysis, people. Yeah, there you go. I, I can help. I can help you. Uh, it was the bit when Vardy was clean through. And, yeah, it was uh, offside. Yeah, it was offside though, but he, it was still a good save. Yeah, ah, he, yeah. He didn't actually. He didn't get. Thank you, Steve. See, our subscribers have got our back. Yeah. <laughs> Too much going on. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so I don't think he really. There's only two shots on target according to the stats. So one was the goal. Um, I'm trying to think what the other shot on target was. Um, that's a good. Okay, Adrian. Um, Luba says Adrian Vardy was not counted as a shot. One on target. Um, uh, so okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think who the other person. If anyone's is. rewatching the game with this on, message us. Basically, didn't make a save. I don't think Adrian no. today. It was a beautiful save off the offside one, though. Well, uh, even yeah. if it doesn't count as anything, you know, still alert. Keep his confidence up. Anyway, yeah. Well, what? Well, what? If we can expand, what do you think he could have done better on the um, on the goal? Because I've seen a few people. I, 
Alison probably saves it, but Alison's a freak. Um, yeah. What what do you reckon on that? You, you know what? I think he was a bit unlucky. He could have saved it, maybe, but I think Lovren coming across sliding in, it it it's mm-hmm. wrong footed him slightly. I think he thought maybe the block was coming or there was going to be a deflection. I don't know if there was any touch off Lovren. I think it did take a touch. Uh, so you know, it was it's hard from that kind of range. It was really low as well. That's that's the worst place for a keeper to get down to, just to the to the side of them, right on the ground. It, you just can't get down there in that time. So a lot of people might be a bit harsh on him and and say he could have done better. Maybe like the world's best goalkeeper like Alisson might have bailed you out there. But I don't want to be too harsh on the guy. I think uh, it was a bit unlucky. The scary thing is I've only seen it once and that was live in the game. I could not watch the replay. I was just like disgusted the fact that we conceded given the fact that, you know, we had all the chances and, you know, we should have been 3-0 up. But for me, from when I initially saw it, I thought, shit, has he Sharon Stone that? From the angle I had. <laughs> oh dear. Um, as I said, I think Allison saves it, and um, I mean, some people are saying in the uh, in the chat that I did go for him. I think I am a very shit goalkeeper, so I this is my expertise in terms of football. <laughs> um, but when when it takes a little nick off, I mean, it's obviously playing at elite level rather than shitty five-a-side like I do. But um, the, the smallest nick that that close, it just kind of changes everything. And I wouldn't blame Adrian. I just think our usual goalkeeper would say that. That's probably... It's not really a criticism, but um, it's just something to look forward to, I suppose, with Alison nearing a comeback. Can I just yeah. point out as well that we would be absolutely slaughtering Mignolet if, if that had happened to him, right? We'd be yeah, like... But- We've had Absolutely. we had like seven. We had five years of Mignolet doing that every. Yeah, <laughs> Mignolet was in that, we would be talking about seven or eight of those this season. Yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? But it is. It's funny how context is a big thing, isn't it? With an isolated incident, with that, if it was Alice and we wouldn't have batted an eyelid, we'd have just gone out oh, because he was unsighted. Uh, Adrian's got a bit more goodwill because he's done really well for us. It's just funny how sometimes there's a lot of context involved where we're not just looking at the incident itself. But I think with Mignolet, as you said, it's because he's shit. <laughs> that, that, that's usually why that we'd actually, you know, err on the side of. Uh, I got a point against him. Real Madrid the other day. <laughs> Did he buy Dan? Oh my god! Made a good save against Real Madrid in the Champions League. <laughs> wow. There you go. Well, Steve Pizza just said it was savable, but not a howler in his. Opinion. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's some deal. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Okay, let's let's move on to the midfield. And um, Guy, I'll come to you first on this one. We kind of um, obviously there was a bit of a change. Um, it's a bit more attacking in a sense with James Milner in. Um, talk to me about how you felt like the midfield sort of um had the game in, in the first half, and just your overall thoughts on them because it was quite nicely poised. I think it always works better when there isn't. You know, a, a Henderson or a, or a James Milner in, in the same midfield, in, in my opinion. But, you know, James Milner played. And I think Sam was it who made the point that he, or was it yourself, that he was a bit more sort of creative. It was yourself, actually. He mm-hmm. was more creative. And, of course, he puts in that gorgeous ball for um, Sadio Mane. Um, you know, he just seems to just link up the midfield with the attack better, in my opinion. And he's always trying to break up play as well. I mean, sometimes his challenges are massively off the mark and miscalculated. I think he had a few in the first half this time round, but he, he shows up. 
Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I think that's probably the best thing of James Milner. I mean, whether he's good or bad, he never goes hiding. I mean, some of our other midfielders do go hiding, but um, that's for another game. Um, but no, I think if if we start on Milner, I thought he was, I thought he was actually really good. I mean, finishing wise, he was awful <laughs> apart from the penalty. But um, I thought he added a lot more balance in the midfield. I think. Ultimately, I think Henderson's better and more useful at starting games. But in this game, after Henderson having a, a couple or even a few bad games, I think we needed a change, as I mentioned, on the um, starting 11. But, and, and Milner, we know his strengths. He's good at covering his full-back, which has been a big criticism of Henderson in the last few games. He's good at linking the midfield, which has probably been a criticism, I think, Simon put out some stats like about Ginny's influence in passing and stuff like that, but he tends to go hiding, or not hiding, goes missing quite a bit. And Milner, <clears throat> we saw his involvement. He was getting in the box. He was getting on the edge of the box with shots and stuff like that, which neither of the usual midfielders do. He got the assist, didn't he, which was a really good pass, and it yes. made, Evans, made Evans look like a right dickhead. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I thought he was just much more involved, and I think that's probably the biggest criticism on midfield. Um, though this so far this season, which is strange when you've won every game, but the midfield's been the point of contention. And Milner, I've been really well, not harsh. I think I don't think Milner's been particularly good when he started games. Um, this season, he's, he's done all right in sub appearances, apart from like the Chelsea game where he just came on and fouled people. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought this was easily Milner's best and most important um, performance of the season because starting against Leicester, who uh, came in, I think they were third at the start of the day. They might still be actually, um, and we just, I think we just controlled the comp- the game um, pretty much start till the 80th minute, really. Um, and on the other two, Fabinho was his usual beautiful self, and mm-hmm. Ginny, Ginny was. All right, <laughs> he probably would have scored a goal if he was in a Holland kit. That's about it. I didn't really notice Ginny doing too much else other than just being good positionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, Sam, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about the midfield, and I want to get your thoughts on James Milner as well because I feel like him maybe not playing an awful lot of games. Maybe that's why we kind of got that kind of midfield um, performance from him today. Old man needs yeah. rest. <laughs> yeah, well, to, to be fair, yeah, I think Fabinho was our best midfielder as he is in every in every single game he plays. He's he's absolutely fantastic. He he's absolutely vital to the way that we play as well. We need that solidity in in the middle of the park because when the attack does break down, which it did quite a few times today, you know, Salah got a lot of miscontrols and. Firmino gave it away quite a few times, uh, uncharacteristically as well. So it gave Leicester a few chances to break away, and Fabinho's positioning and and ability to intercept and tackle is is fantastic. So you know I love that guy, but to give Milner his dues, right? I think that's one of the best performances he's had in quite a while for us. Um, as Guy touched on there in the first half, especially he was very involved in an attacking sense. Um, there was that really bizarre bit where the ball hit the corner flag and then Trent knocked it round the Leicester player and got the cross in and it went over everyone and it landed at, at Milner's feet in the box and he just, as as 
Guy touched on earlier, Sky did. Uh, so that was a really, really good chance and probably should have put us 1-0 up at that point. Uh, he had another chance as well near the edge of the box where, again, he leaned back and, and just smashed it into the stands. But uh, as you said, guys, that left-footed pass and and turned out to be an assist for Mane was absolutely breathtaking. He, he started the move as well. You know, he had the mm. ball. I, I thought Leicester's pressing, I don't know what Gags will think about this, but uh, Leicester's pressing actually was, was very good and we were finding it tricky to kind of get out at sometimes. And so what Milner did was he just had to play a little one-two to get himself out of that tricky position because, you know, they didn't look like there were many passes on. And he managed to play that nice little one-two and then played a lovely ball up the line to Mane and we were away and a fantastic finish for Mane, to be fair. But... That's something that, that Milner gave today. That's something that we haven't had maybe from our other midfielders. Is he's he's intelligent in attacking areas sometimes, playing the right ball. Very, very simple football. Nice little one twos. I don't know if you remember when he was with Man City. Um he came off the bench for Man City in that game. We won three two with Coutinho scoring. And when he came off the bench, he, he came off and, and played loads of one-twos down the side and changed the game for Man City and made it to all. Um, it, you could see flashes of that today. You know, he's obviously aged a lot now. He hasn't quite got the legs, but you know he's got a bit more intelligence when it comes to actually the attacking passing. And it is something we have lacked a bit recently. Like, I, I don't know what you guys think's going on with Henderson, but I noticed he got substituted after an hour twice in quick succession recently. So I don't know what's happening with, with Henderson, if it's a form thing or if it's a, you know, another underlying injury that we've we got to worry about. But there's no two ways about it. The midfield has been slightly mis, misfiring at times this season. So hopefully it's something that, uh, that Klopp is now sussing out because I thought we had total control of the game today. No, for sure. And that's why I've kind of been crying out for the longest time to, you know, see more of like, you know, an attacking midfielder, that, that kind of player. I think it'd be really good. But Milner kind of stepped in today and, and did that really well. And you know what? You kind of spoke about the system Marnie's goal. Let's kind of talk about the the importance of the timing of that goal guy, because I felt like as a whole, actually, Gags actually has um, a, a response to... Sam about the pressing, lots of pressing on both sides. Leicester didn't create much, mostly because of our pressing, Sam. So there you go, Sam. Guy, I'm going to come back to you. Talk to me about the, the timing of the goal because for the whole, I thought Liverpool controlled the majority of that game, certainly in the first half. But then there was a little flash where I kind of thought, oh God, Le- Leicester coming back into this. They saw a lot more of the ball. They looked a little bit more comfortable on the ball. And then you get that goal. I mean, it just goes to show that Liverpool are scoring or can score goals at a, at a crucial moment to kind of kill the other teams and attack or momentum. Yeah, and it, it's always seemingly Mane at the minute as well who does it. Uh, I mean, he didn't do it against Sheffield United, but um, killer real... teams. Yes, <laughs> that was a, that was an off game for Mane. But uh, yeah, Mane is he's seemingly becoming more and more of a clutch player in terms of scoring important times and important goals. And and, and this is no different today because, as we've said, we controlled the game pretty much start to nearing the finish. Um, but we just didn't really have the end product to go with that. The front three were... I think Salah and Bobby played all right, but Mane was 
as we mentioned um, at the start, he was just everywhere. And if anyone was going to step up, it was seemingly him. And he 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 made what was quite looked quite a tough finish. He just literally pretty much just walked up to the ball and put it bottom corner. I was like, ah, that's like the easiest finish I've ever seen in my life. And it yeah, it, it man is just since what like Christmas last year, he's just became an absolute freak. And the longer that goes on, I mean, the better for us. Um, and yeah, Mane is just—he's just got on. He's just become, gone up another level um, since Christmas last year. He absolutely has, and I think guys absolutely spot on there, Sam, isn't he? He does score in crucial, important times. Yeah, definitely. He's—he's—he's he's, he's become our key player, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, trying to say, ah, oh, Firmino's a most imp- important player, or people will just look at the stats from previously and say, oh, it's definitely Salah, but Mane is just up there with them, and arguably even more so this season so far, he's he's just so hard to defend against. Like, I don't know another player in world football quite like him. Like, there was that after the Salzburg goal, which was an absolutely beautiful one-two with Firmino, he tried something a little bit similar with Salah today, where they played the nice little first-time one-two, one-two, and it nearly, nearly broke for him. And I think it was Johnny Evans when he tried to clear it, and it cleared it into Mane's shins and nearly went into the corner of the goal. Um, he's just a nightmare for defenders to deal with because. He's got that little drop of the shoulder and explosive pace that I just don't know any other player that's got. So he, he's just vital to this team. We, we get we do get a lot of teams trying to sit back, but when you got this front three in front of them, you're just so confident that we're going to get at least one or two goals every single game, and you know we end up winning eight in a row out of it. We do absolutely, and I think uh, Guy kind of started the discussion there on the front three. I mean, talk to me about that because I felt like the movement was nice. I liked the interchange of like them constantly changing positions. Sam, I felt like it was a bit of a nightmare for Leicester, who have an equally impressive defensive record like us. But I mean, we 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 spoke about um, speak to me because I know Marcelo didn't get on the scoring, and I know he got injured, which we'll discuss in the second half of the portion of the the game or whatever or the key moments but I felt like he he had a, a pretty decent game against you know their their new um you know sort of superstar defender in uh, Soyuncu yeah I think Soyuncu looks a decent player actually mm. and he he had a lot more pace than I realized um there was a few times when they knocked it over the top and thinking Salah would get there first and Soyuncu did actually manage to have the legs to to just get there before him so you know, it was a tough guy to play against today, to be perfectly fair. Um, I think it was another frustrating day for Salah overall. Every single time it was it was inches away from being good, but instead it ended up being we've lost the ball. But I suppose that's the kind of tightrope this front three always kind of walks on. It, it's something that we're, we're trying things. That's the whole point. You know, we're not playing safe. We're trying to take players on. And when you try to take players on, you lose the ball a hell of a lot. You know, just remember Suarez, who is by far the best Liverpool player I've ever seen in the flesh. Um, Some of the games, he was just absolutely breathtaking to watch. 
And the amount of times he'd lose the ball was unbelievable, but he could still end up leaving the pitch with a hat-trick. You know, so that's something we need to remember sometimes. And I do get really frustrated with Salah because he does lose the ball a lot. He he did it a few times today, trying to put Mane in and he way overhit the passes or he was, he was trying to take a player on and would take a bad touch. It's because he's trying to turn him inside out and, and take him on and set up a goal-scoring chance. So... Um, overall, he, he just he's fantastic pressing, working his socks off. He, he's just an absolute monster. Um, just fingers crossed now that he hasn't injured himself. Uh, Bobby, a bit of a quiet game again today, but again, you know, it was just the front three workload was was fantastic. And as Gags touched on earlier, it was those guys, the work that they did, was was so so key to making sure that we dominated this game today. For sure, absolutely. I mean, and Guy, I let you have the the word on on the front three because I felt like there was a lot of industry they were trying to do things, but just the final shot, it just seemed really weak. You know, like it was almost like oh, it's just going straight to Schmeichel's hand, or there wasn't much power behind it. Yeah, that that was kind of the story of um, well, in between the goals, really. <laughs> um, it more had a um, a bit of a mixed game. I think he had some sloppy passes, but. He could have had two assists, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he set up the Mane chance, which was that fantastic move where it had about a million one-twos. Um, and he put Robbo through on goal, which, as I said, <laughs> two two in one week is not going to happen when he, he scores every once every million games. Um, but yeah, I thought Salah, it, it, he's just, I don't think he's on top form at the minute, but he still played well enough today. For us to well, he should have. We should have won comfortably, um, but he, he still played well enough today. He created uh, a good few chances. Um, Bobby's been weird um, the last couple of games because I think undisputedly he was like our player of the season so far for like August and then like halfway through September and then since mm-hmm. since like Napoli's just gone off not off the boil but he's just became a bit sloppy. Um, which is strange, but we have seen we've seen Bobby do this a bit. And I think that's I think that's why some people say the wide forwards is probably on a bit of a higher level than Bobby. Obviously, Bobby's key to the the pressing and stuff like that. But in terms of consistency and stuff, I do think the other. Do you two... think Bobby's position today might have been a factor? As well? I know he's been slapping the other games, but you know, yeah. you know, Jurgen Klopp reminding Brendan Rodgers where he used to play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right wing back. <laughs> Trent, you bomb on. <laughs> Bobby's going right wing back. Um, no, that, that, that's a fair shout, to be honest, because we, we've seen in the past, even even in the early Klopp days, when uh, we, he was still using Sturridge, Bobby on the wing, it's just not the same, is it? Um, mm-hmm. He did he did grow into the game. I think we ended up kind of just swapping them all about, and when Bobby was in the middle, he was much better. So I think that's, um, that's fair. Um, the position may have affected him, but I, I, I certainly think he's not up to the highest um, level of performance that he was in the first part of the season, even though this is this is still the first part of the season, but you get me. Um, yeah, it, it, it just it just didn't really click until um until we got when we got in front of goal. It just wasn't it just wasn't one of them games, but uh, I don't think there's anything to worry about. As I said, I thought I thought Salah was mostly fine apart from the odd sloppy pass. Bobby has these patches, but he's ultimately one of our most vital players, and if like he doesn't score a goal again, Klopp will probably still pick him. Um, 
just because of the impact he has on the others. And as, as I mentioned earlier, Mane is just a freak at the minute. So, yeah, I thought a bit of a off day in front of goal, but performance-wise, the the front three were, were, were quite good. For sure. Okay, let's talk about some random external facts before we move on to the second half. I mean, Sam, I don't know about you, but I kind of just jump onto Twitter as the game's going on. And there was a lot of theme about the referee. And I think Vardy left one on Adrian and didn't book him. There was a few bookings that kind of went. And then some really soft free kicks and soft things that he was booking for. I mean, like, I don't really want to go into it. I think this is just a copy and paste cutthroat levels of officiating. I mean, he got the penalty shout pretty spot on and VAR kind of backed him up. But I want to get your thoughts on just the referee and some of his calls. Yeah, well, first of all, the the one thing I do like about these three PM kickoffs is that I then have to watch it on a dodgy internet link, which is probably a couple of minutes behind live. So what that means is I, I totally turn my phone off and don't look at anything. So I don't actually get to see all of the the crap on Twitter during the game because I'm scared it's going to spoil a goal before it's actually happened on my link. Um, regards to the the referee himself, uh, he, he was he was letting a few things go. There, there, there was nothing major for me today that that was bothering me massively. I thought at one point he actually gave us a couple of quite soft free kicks uh, in our favour. Um, there was one bit actually where where Chowdhury did smash Salah. I thought. Salah probably did actually foul Soyonchu with a little push but before he actually got tackled. So there was a couple of occasions where, if I'm being perfectly honest, I thought that he actually favoured us. So, um, yeah, no- nothing major to complain about. It didn't, nothing really flagged up with me, um, except for maybe one thing I've noticed is the with the new rule with VAR where they are told not to put the flag up. It, it is going to skew some stats sometimes um, because they're told not to put the flag up if it's close. Sometimes there's there was an instance where Leicester had a chance and he went out for a corner and they, they gave the corner, even though he was absolutely miles offside, because uh, that was when Lovren did a saving header from across. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And Soyonchu was f- miles offside on the fast stick, but because they didn't put the flag up, VAR doesn't go and check that because it's not there wasn't a goal. So it's something then that we ended up having to give a corner away, whereas before VAR, they, they probably would have put their flag up. But because they didn't want to give the wrong decision, they don't put their flag up. So there's going to be the odd instances where we end up giving away corners unnecessarily when they are offside. And there are going to be shots sometimes registered, which were offside, but not given offside because the flag didn't go up. Um, so it's just something I noticed, really. But you know, in general, I'm I'm a big advocate of VAR. I think it's long, long overdue. Um, it's just something that they they need to maybe sort out, getting us more correct decisions after the, the the previous days. I was just so relieved that they didn't start overturning penalties today because it was bloody clearly a penalty. It absolutely was, and obviously we'll we'll go into the second half and things and well actually guy let's let's talk about it right now second half i mean talk to me about some of the key moments i think one of them a moment for us was um obviously 
us sort of failing to kind of convert all the chances we had you know we we were quite wasteful I think we've kind of addressed that and you know Jurgen Klopp decides to make a double substitution so talk to me about that because it it felt like from Klopp's mindset he probably thought you know what I'm just going to tighten things up and just bring on maybe a Jordan Henderson alongside a James Milner yeah it's always a great recipe for success that one (laughs) (laughs) oh god it's not a midfield you like to see is it um I thought the subs were fine. I thought Origi coming on made sense because, as we mentioned, Bobby did have his his um, more spectacular or even best game. And he had some nice passing today, Divock Origi. He passes really well. He did. Well, apart from the one that went cross-field, I almost died. <laughs> God, uh, don't do that again, please, Divock. Um, no, but I thought Origi coming on made sense because we could, we could go a bit more direct when... Leicester would obviously be pushing a bit more. Um, they they brought on Perez just a bit before, didn't they? So they were obviously going a bit more attacking. Um, so with Origi, there's always that direct out ball, and he he's a bit more quick. Um, so that made sense. Bringing Henderson on, if it was for Milner, you'd probably. Make, I'm glad he didn't, obviously, because we might not have scored the penalty. Uh, but if he was coming on for Milner, that would make sense because it's a bit more of the same, if not a bit more defensive um, but bringing Ginny off I know Ginny plays every minute of every game ever um, so Andy will be away with Holland in the international break so that might make sense in that regard but in terms of adding control to the game I think we've seen in previous games even this season Milner and Henderson in the midfield together it's a bit chaotic and not really controlled and it, this was a game we were controlling as we said so I thought the Henderson sub didn't take make too much sense um, I mean we said at the start we wanted Naby starting game but I think if we wanted to add more on ball control um, I thought Naby was the sub to make there I mean ultimately it, it kind of worked out <laughs> I mean it would have been nice to stay at 1-0 but it didn't and we won so it's fine but I thought the Origi sub made more, loads of sense to Henderson but not so much and it, it wasn't anything to do with Henderson himself just the way he plays it's not really to add yeah, the setup yeah 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 absolutely no I, i'd say that's fair and i pretty much agree with your sentiments as well i was like thinking okay well you know sam if if a jordan henson's coming on then surely you know it's it's a it's a like for like replacement so i was a bit bamboozled by that one but um of course you know like those were our subs that was a changing moment for us they bring on perez as well so you know talk to me about you know just that little instance yeah, I, I I understood really. I, I didn't have a massive problem with him bringing on Henderson with twelve minutes left. I I just thought it was a, a a bringing on some more legs substitution. Basically, you know, Henderson he he'd been fresh coming onto the pitch for the last twelve minutes. I thought he could just run his socks off, close them down as much as he possibly can, and just see out the game. Um, Origi's becoming a very very good substitute in my opinion. Uh, we've seen a couple of times when he started games that maybe he doesn't quite have the same kind of impact on a game, uh, but his his sheer pace and physicality and you know neat work keeping the ball. As Guy said, I did have a bit of a palpitation uh, when he tried to pass it across across the pitch, but it actually turned out being a lovely ball. Uh, but it's not something you tend to do is play across the front of your defence. Um, but in general, I think you know Origi very very decent again since when he came on and I don't think, I can't remember Henderson doing much wrong either to be honest, I don't think 
that was why Leicester scored their goal. You know, I think yeah, I, I, I saw some shouts like that on on Twitter, and I was like, no. It's so it's so easy though, isn't it? There's a lot of people have got their favourites. You know, I I admit I've got my favourites as well, and it can kind of cloud your judgment sometimes and make you put certain events down to that player because they're there. Uh, I think it was just Perez came on really, really keen, looked really sharp, and he played a nice ball through to Madison. They scored a goal. It was a you know it was a nice goal. Um, Perez was the wrong side of Fabinho was on a yellow card so he couldn't even do a snide snide foul on him it was just one of those things I think it was just a nice bit of play by Leicester and sometimes you've got to give the opposition some credit For sure and Lubo says it's a low XG goal so um, I think we've pretty much discussed that we've kind of discussed their goal as well um, let's talk about um, then what happened and you know what I know Guy you've got a lot to say about this but fucking hell, you know, it's a game like that. You're drawing one all. You're absolutely, like, furious and fuming. And then your superstar, one of your target men, gets injured. And it is an absolutely horrible bastard tackle by Chowdhury. Because Marcella completely turns Sionchu inside out. And he's got he's got to make a tackle. But it's it's horrible, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a snide tackle and then there's that. Like, I can see why the ref didn't give it a red card because it is just one of them. But the way he's gone in, he's gone in like and like perfectly on the ankle. And he, he, he's got previous him as well. I think, um, I can't remember who mentioned it in the chat and I can't be asked to scroll up, but I think he's he, he injured, I think he's ruined um, Richie Season, who obviously plays for Newcastle. Um, who, he got sent off for that earlier on in the season. It, that was a horrendous tackle. I remember him getting sent off. I think it was the under twenty ones in the summer. So he's got previous. Like this is that's only like four month, five month span. That's two red cards, and he's not the starter for them. <laughs> that that's uh, that that's a bad reputation to have. I think he's only like early twenties as well. But to, to, he just that's pretty much all he did in the game. He didn't really add anything else. And foul more Salah. He's just an absolute prick. Um, oh, it was a fucking horrendous tackle, wasn't it, really? <sighs> and he came on for Madison, didn't he? He came on for the goal yeah. score. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, I think that obviously they were trying to secure the draw. Um, and, I mean, you suppose he did his job because he kind of got away with one, but... Do you think that Do you think that should be a red card? Because we've, we've seen in the past players do... You do have to do snide tackles now and again, but I mean, the more you watch it, the worse I get. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Dad's put up um, uh, a tweet from Neil Jones um, about Klopp's post-match reaction, Sam, on on the Charlie tackle, and you know, Klopp was quoted saying a challenge which I really don't understand. How can he do it? The ball is far away, dangerous as hell. He has to calm down. This is not the first situation, probably leading to what guys just said there. Super player. But these kind of challenges, no. I mean, your opinion, Sam, was that a red? Because it was it was pretty nasty, you know. It was. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a funny one. It's, we, we've always wanted someone, right, to, to, to take the tactical foul for the team sometimes, right? But for me, there's a tactical foul where you can safely take the man down 
and there's literally you, you, going going for his Achilles. Sadio Mane did it today. Sadio Mane sweep the leg flawlessly. Yeah, well, you know, you you can you can tackle someone or you can assault them, and <laughs> there's a there, there's a big difference between the two. And it looks like he's got a bit of previous where he's a bit malicious with it as well. You know, you can easily give clip a guy's ankle and he goes down, and that that's a foul, and that's it. But uh, it, it was like an orange card, maybe I don't know, but um, it, he could have got a red, and you they couldn't really have argued massively about it. Um, do so, do yeah. you think? Actually, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think we're more fumy because it injured more Salah? Quite possibly, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to say, right? Because it's not our player. But quite often, I've applauded Fabinho for snide tackles to stop the counter-attack because we were in a really good position there. I just think Chowdhury is very, very clumsy with it and could, could have caused serious injury because of it. So for me, it, it's it's a bit too far for my liking, but I don't know how I'd have reacted if we would have done exactly the same thing to, to, to make us save three points on the day. I'd have probably applauded the guy, if I'm perfectly honest. No, for sure. And Gags has just come in and just said Fabinho doesn't break ankles, which, you know, I think that's fair because everything that Fabinho does is is a bastard challenge, but it's time to perfection. You know, he's there just to win the ball. And like Klopp said, the ball was absolutely nowhere near him. So it's, I, I, I wonder, I mean, I don't know. I mean, somebody might correct me in the chat. I mean, do you think there might be some retrospective action taken against him? I don't think they can because he got booked. No, for fuck's sake. <clears throat> Yeah, that that old chestnut of bullshit rule. If it's still going. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely nuts if that's still a rule, by the way. Well, you think they've got got VAR in game as well. That's a triple check. And you know what? And the funny thing was they checked Trent Alexander Arnold today for a red card. Yeah, I didn't didn't see that. I was was checking WhatsApp and then some people said, check it for a red card. I was like, what red card? And <laughs> what pissed me off as well, it was, I don't know if it was a corner to, yeah, it was a corner to Leicester, and then they announced it to the stadium whilst Liverpool were about to defend it. I mean, like, literally the worst time, the referee should just stop play, let the AR to announce it, because we looked quite nervy and unrattled, you know, when that announcement went off. Like, I'm not being funny, that can't be helpful when you're playing. Stop it. Get the confirmation, <laughs> then carry on. I'm sorry. Like, that's one way you can perfect VAR. Brought a bit of drama to the situation, didn't it, really? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, fucking cliffhanger. What, what, happened if, what would happen if they scored off the corner? Would he Would he let the goal happen? Exactly, exactly, Trent? exactly. Does he stop and then show Trent the door, like, get off the pitch? What happens? Just stop the play. If he's going to VAR, just stop. Get the confirmation and carry on that. To me, that was farcical. So, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely spot on. They checked Trent, so why not Trent check um, Chowdhury? Yeah, there, there was an example, you know, you're saying about them not being allowed to overturn because they've seen it and given a yellow card. It's absolutely bonkers. Uh, I don't know how many of you actually watch rugby, but there was a prime example in rugby today in the England game where referee Nigel Owens, who's a local guy to me, actually, um, he said there was a high tackle and the, and he thought he, it wasn't a high tackle from the angle he was watching it. He was like, oh, mm-hmm. no foul play. But the, the, the guys in the video booth or whatever they are um, were, were looking at it at the same time and then they called it back 
and then he was looking at it on the big screen and then from the other angle he could see that he clearly it hit him in the shoulder in in the face and he gave him a red card and he you know it was overturned but to him it looked like it wasn't a foul play from the angle he was at but he perfectly admitted then when he saw it from the other side it clearly was that can happen quite often so if they're saying oh the referee saw it and gave a yellow card so you can't overturn it it's absolutely bullshit because he obviously didn't see it correctly. So that, that's another thing that they need to kind of iron out. They really do need to look at rugby where obviously referees make loads of mistakes and everything. It's a very hard sport to, to referee, but it's something where they overturn decisions all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know that's what it should be because at the end of the day, for me, getting the correct decision is the most vital part. Yeah, that's what VAR is there for. And I hope they do take um, rugby as a model. I personally don't watch it, but I think that's a really good example and probably one that will educate a lot of people that don't watch it. Or, you know, people will agree with you who, who do watch it. I agree. If you can overturn penalties, you should be able to overturn cards. It really is that simple. You know, have a relook at the system again. We need to... I, oh, um, Steve Pizza completely agrees with you there um, uh, with regards to, um, uh, you know, having... Another look at things. Okay, guys, let's quickly move on. I think, you know, we're all quite angry. Let's totally talk about their penalty because I believe Guy, Gary Lineker, didn't think it was a penalty. I don't know. But did he Didn't he think it was a penalty? To me, it was a clear penalty. He Was it all Brighton? Yeah, it was all Brighton. I think Gary yeah. might have been joking, but I only click, quickly glanced at it. But if he's not, yeah. he's a dickhead. As I, I have now turned him, he's a crisp nonce. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, uh, absolute penalty. Referee got that spot on, and it was just a matter of them, you know, VAR to kind of confirm it. I was like, "How can you not give that as a penalty?" And you know what, guy and Sam, I watched that, and I went to Twitter because I was like, "Oh my god!" And the, you know, um, my stream was slightly behind, but I saw Neil Jones say penalty to Liverpool, and I'm like, "I'm waiting." It was nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Moving my hands, and. Yeah, it's weird. I've 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 when I when it's three o'clock kickoffs, I tend to have Soccer Saturday on and the TV in front. So we had we had um, Paul Mercer doing our game today, and obviously he's like a fucking... oh the best, the most articulate yeah. kind. Yeah, <laughs> he just he just can't <laughs> string, like I can't string a fucking sentence together right now. He's pretty much doing what I'm doing now, um, and he's just going penalty, penalty, like. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> on? On my stream, they're just kicking it around the midfield, doing fuck all. It's like, what the hell's going on? Uh, it's just, it, it's a bad mix of that. But it's funny when it's person because he's, he's, albeit a, a bit of a titty, is quite entertaining. Uh, but no, it, it's a hundred percent a penalty. Anyone, I think that if you go on that Gary Lineker tweet, whether Gary's joking or not, there's a lot of salty Man City fans in there, and it's beautiful. Um, it's a hundred percent. Incidentally, Gary Lineker's favourite flavour. <laughs> Ready salted city. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah, yeah, penalty and the the man, the man, the man's <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> oh god, I. I mean, even if Milner had like a zero out of ten performance, you like that yeah, scored. It's a penalty. <laughs> Milner scores penalties. That's that's the thing he does. And if not, Fabinho probably would have took it and he would have scored as well. Um, it, it, it's it's nice having confidence in your penalty take because we went through that that patch when um, Milner wasn't really in the team. It was like, oh god, 
Firmino's missed like the last two. Salah was missing. Mane was missing. Salah's numbers have improved, but uh, like yeah. you said, he's gone off injured, right? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think Milner. I think Milner is the first choice taker anyway. Mm. Yeah, he is. But I think Salah is second, even though it should be Fabinho. But I'm not going to piss off more Salah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it, Milner's just. He's just a robot bastard, isn't he? Love him. Love him for shit like that. And Sam, speak to me about the drama of the penalty. I, bet you, I mean, I, I was, I actually tweeted how many lifelines do Liverpool need because getting this season? Because, like, literally, it's just literally just turned October. And like you, I think you said it as well. You know, we're, we're, we've all aged. You know, last-minute drama is it's the stuff of champions, right? <laughs> It's going to be a long ass season. There's no two ways about it. Um, last season took its toll on my body. Uh, I think I've aged about 10 years in one year. Um, and it's going to be the same again, isn't it? It's, it's Liverpool and Man City have just changed the game completely. To win the league now, you need 10 points more than you ever have needed to in the past. And it just means that you just can't afford to drop a point. It's absolutely crazy. So... You know, I that penalty, right, and that goal completely changed what I was going to be saying on this pod because I was already bracing myself to have to kind of defend the team and say, look, this it was seven. Well, this was the seventeenth game, and we've won every game in the league. It's unbelievable run that we're we're on. You know, we just need to put things into perspective, and there would have been loads of people whinging if we drew the game today. That would have been absolutely batshit crazy, I'm afraid. I think we played more than good enough to win the game today. We should have won maybe by a couple of goals. It would have been bonkers to complain about it, but loads of people would have done. Um, so I'm just so, so happy that we've still managed to get the win because I, I just think it's important now to really, really put the foot on the throat of Man City at this point while we got the advantage. And seeing as we're playing before them yet again, We've had another chance to get eight points clear of them before they play. And I just hope now that, you know, that that's going to put more pressure on them and maybe give us better chance for them to drop points. You know, we saw it against Everton last week. They had a bit of a wobble and then managed to pull themselves through. Um, fingers crossed now that they might struggle again. But uh, yeah, regards to the penalty, I was watching the game with my brother. And as soon as the penalty was given, we were both up on our feet. And just turning to each other, just saying how our hearts were beating out of our chest. Uh, luckily today, I actually removed my Apple Watch, Nina, so uh, <laughs> so I so I, did, so I didn't actually get any notifications Damn. or anything saying that there was a goal. Uh, and I think maybe if it was on, I'd have had to phone an ambulance at that point because it was absolutely crazy how much my heart was beating out of my chest because there was that lengthy kind of wait for the VAR as well. So it felt like forever that we had to wait before he could actually step up. But as Guy said, you have full confidence in Milner taking a penalty. Um, I, I've been really happy, actually, with Salah's penalties recently. He's clearly yeah. changed his technique and he's improved it greatly because before that's all he did was just hit it down the middle. Um, so Salah has actually been a lot better recently with his penalties. But for me, if Milner's on the pitch... He's the guy that takes it all day, every day. He's got the experience and, you know, more often than not, he'll, he'll put it in the back of the net. So I'm just so, so happy. And it's just another little dagger in the heart of Man City. Uh, it's going to boil their piss, as we said earlier, that we've just won another game by one goal 
and it's right at the death yet again. Really, really chuffed. For sure. And just um, something what Sam said there, Guy, you know, about Man City. I mean, last season it was like a physical title battle for them, but like they, you know, there's some points behind and, you know, Liverpool winning last ditch, you know, penalties and, you know, last minute drama for Liverpool. I mean, it's going to be like physically and emotionally and mentally exhausting for them, right? And you're hoping that that might just break them down. They'll be fucking like Benjamin Button, like the rest of us at the end of the season with the stress that we go through. Um, it, Yeah, Sam's absolutely right. Every every game, I mean, a draw against Leicester, if you just think Leicester are one of, probably the third, well, they are the third best team in the league at the minute, look like they're going to break into the top four and you go, okay, the draw, it's fine. And then you think, Man City are probably going to end up winning a hundred games in a row, some bullshit. So we can't, we just simply can't. And that's how every game in the Premier League feels. I think uh, on a few podcasts, people were joking. The Champions League was like a nice, it was almost like holidayish when watching football last season because we, ah, oh, we've won it. We were the final last year. It's just a nice break. Obviously, we went on to win it, which was lovely. And the Barcelona game nearly killed me. Um, but like the Premier League now is. It's almost it's almost too stressful to enjoy. Like, but I, I watched the Chelsea game on delay, and without 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 the emotion and like all that, it's it's just boring. Like, if we're not in a title race now, football's just shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the stress the players are going through, going under. Never mind the uh, never mind the fans. It it, it must be something else because you just know that every game has to. You just have to win. Well, I'd take a draw against Man City, that would be fine. But um, at this stage, I mean, we saw... I I don't think I've ever celebrated a team, another team winning as much as that Norwich game, however many weeks ago it was. It, it's just how tight this new, new-formed new rivalry is with us and Man City. It's just... I think it's just unheard of levels, really. No, absolutely. I mean, you know what, guys? I think we've spoke about the game at length. Let's have our final thoughts on the game, anything that we've not mentioned that you feel needs discussing. Um, Sam, anything that you feel that needs mentioning? Um, yeah, I don't know much about the, the little bust-up at the end. Um, I think, was it Lubo put it on the chat earlier, something about Robertson had uh, pushed Perez or something. I don't really know what had happened there. Was that a bit of a storm in a teacup, maybe? Yeah, I think it must have been like just the whole like, oh fuck, we 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 thought we were going to draw. We had our first yeah. shot at seventy five <laughs> minutes, and it you know the the yeah. rug got pulled under our feet. Yeah, you know, I think it was more frustration uh, personally. I mean, guy, anything that you feel that needs mentioning? It's it's the only reason we brought Lallana Ros was to just fight someone at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can, can I just get? T- can you just tell me your reaction when he was coming on, please? Because I was, was ready to. I was ready to <laughs> in and not host. I'm not even going to lie. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, that like, you just sat there scratching your head, and I thought, "I'm not going to write anything negative. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit and watch because he'll probably score a goal." And I might look really stupid. I mean, I, I would love to be proven wrong, but I'm just like, Jürgen, why? Why though? You know, you know that that yeah. name of you know that why though? That's exactly me. Like why? I I was swearing <laughs> when he came on, and my brother just turned to me and he said, "Don't worry, he's going to come on and Cruyff turn it into the top bin." 
<laughs> and I was like, he's not, Joe, he's not. <laughs> he ain't gonna, he might cry turn it. It's not going in the goal. But uh, yeah, so I reckon he was the key player for us to actually get the pe- no, no, that's a massive lie. Uh, I don't even think he, I think, the, he didn't touch the ball, did I he? I don't think he did, did he not? <laughs> <laughs> he was just maybe giving credit, he was a good old thing, but uh, yeah, no, really. Just, just so, so happy just to get over the line. Yeah, I mean, guy, any, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think we've covered it all pretty much. Um, I think for me, what I will say is, you know, there's been a lot of hype about Brendan Rodgers, and it was a four-year anniversary. Like, oh, they're third, and there was a lot of talk about them. And I did a video on my Instagram Nina Carlson show page, and I kind of said. Yeah, he's doing good, but like they've not really played anyone of note. You know, if you look at the teams that they've beaten, I know, I know they beat Spurs, but come on, that's not hard these days. You know, like yeah, it's not hard these days. They lost to Manchester United, and I just thought I want to, I want to see how they fare and how they face and shape up when they actually play teams. And like they're they're meant to be an attacking team, and they had their first shot on target at seventy-five minutes. They were, uh, they were just bad today. Like, I think the XG's mm. kicking around. I think they got, like, 0.1 XG or whatever. Mm. And even if you don't go statistically, they were downright shit. <laughs> like, like, I think Sionchu was good. Indeed, he broke stuff up. But going forward, I mean, Madison obviously looked half fit, but he scored a nice goal. But other than that, yeah. they offered bugger all. Like, Harvey Barnes got subbed off at half-time. Some exciting young talent. Didn't see him touch the ball. Um, I can't even remember that. Pratt, I'm going to go with, his name is. He had a nice shot, but did bugger all else. I mean, obviously us and Man City are in a different league, but if that's how you're going to approach a game where we've got our fourth-choice centre-back and our fourth-choice centre-mid, you got to take a gamble now, now and, and second goalkeeper as well. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point as well. It, they just seemed a bit gutless. It reminded me of the bad times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, there's that one one. I was like, I don't enjoy Brendan. I feel it's all coming back to me. You know, it really is. But I think, guys, we kind of discussed the game at length there. Right. You know what, man of the match shouts. I don't know where we're all going to go, but let's just say it one more time for the cheap seats in the back. Guy, you gave a spoiler. I didn't tell you off, but go on. Adam Lallana. <laughs> Every time you got to bring up, uh, no, it's got to be bad. It scored the goal yeah. was fantastic throughout. Um, the only, I mean, don't think you could really mention anyone else. Milner for having balls of steel, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to be Mane. Yeah, um, I, I, I second that. Gets a goal at a crucial time and wins a fucking penalty. You know what more can you ask for? And um, what about you, um, uh, Sam? Dejan Lovren, no, um, it's, it's definitely Mane. I think, joking aside, Lovren did actually have quite a good game today, but it's, it's got to be Mane. He's so bloody dangerous and vital to us. And as you said, he scored a lovely goal, really, really nice goal. And he, he also won us the penalty. So I think th- th- there's just only one winner uh, for the man of the match today. And regards to the game, I think it's very much going to be one where we look back on and... If you watch the game back, like Gags is obviously going to have to now for the for, for the pressing, <laughs> uh, but but it's going to be a nice one for him because if you watch it back, I bet you it it you'd be like bloody hell, we actually did really dominate the game, but 
during the match because of our anxiety and you know we just want us to win and we and after what happened in the week and everything i think we were a bit more panicky and like my brother was like oh it's like wednesday all over again and i down our shot joe <laughs> it was it's one of those things i think we're just so desperate to get the win because every single game as guy said in the premier league of the world is so so intense so i think it's one of those ones where if you look back at the game rewatch it we were really, really comfortable today overall and deserved winners. For sure. And um, Bernie and Lubo agree with you. Um, both of them, Mane, Lubo also goes on to say Milner and Fab may be second and third best players. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty much um, unanimous with that decision with Sadio Mane. How can you look elsewhere? Guys, I think we have come to the end of this Nina Casa show. Um, anything you'd like to plug? Sam, I'll come to you first. Um, no, I've done a few pods recently, but nothing, uh, nothing written as yet. Um, but if you want to have a chat on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. Excellent. Please give him a follow. He's awesome. Really nice guy. And what about yourself, Guy? I came to you last because I'm sure there's a scroll of things that you're doing. And where can people find you on Twitter? Um, Twitter is at Guy Drinkle. It's in every Anfield Index tweet ever. Um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, plugs. Uh, we'll probably do a face-off. If we don't do a Leicester one, we'll do like a a big part of the season one. Um, PWI's out at the minute. We did the fantasy draft. Uh, if you're into your wrestling and stuff, that's quite interesting. Obviously, if people follow wrestling, it's like a new era of that. Um, we keep promising to do a one-up as well. We talk more about plugs here than parts of the game, so I'll shut up now. But yeah, pretty much just follow me at Guy Drinkle and it'll all be there. Absolutely, yeah. Do check these two guys out. For me, I did a Euro Midler. Um, fabulous, fabulous podcast. Really insightful on Red Bull Salzburg. It's been getting some great feedback from the subscribers. I will probably be doing more videos on my Instagram, if you want to see me pull really, really funny faces and put clock to shame with my facial expression range, check me out. It's at the at Nina Kalza Show on Instagram. I try posting daily five well, five days a week, so I say not daily. Five days a week I make a commitment to post some content there. So guys do check me out there. Thank you so much for listening. A massive thank you to Boss Sam and Guy who were amazing on this podcast. A huge thank you to Steve Pizza. And a final shout out to his daughters, Phoebe and Ella. A huge thank you to every single subscriber that joined us live who were massive, massive in terms of, you know, keeping the conversation going. Would not be a show without them. I will be back for United. That's going to be fun and games. Civil war in my household. But guys, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you in our next episode. Till next time, up the Reds. Podcast Network.